welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode. Um, I'm super pumped and very thankful today to have Brian from Rocky Mountain Baseball Cards. Um, Brian, thank you for coming on today and, and doing the podcast with me. I've always said that my podcast isn't very technical, um, but I'm, I'm always fascinated and impressed with all the statistics and data that you put into your post. Um, but yeah, uh, without further ado, please introduce yourself and let everybody know who I'm talking to today. Yeah, for sure, Don. Uh, first off, thanks for you know the kind words and having me on. Uh, you know, likewise, I'm always loving what you're putting out. I love the podcasts. I think they're incredibly informative and can be pretty entertaining at times. And, you know, I'm just, you know, same, just kind of honored to be on. So I appreciate you for having me here. And, you know, just a quick introduction and about me. So, you know, my name is Brian and my handle is Rocky Mountain Baseball Cards. And I got into collecting like many of us when we were kids in the nineties, early nineties, I was a huge, I'm a huge Eagles fan. I was a huge Ricky waters fan. So I, you know, I just gobbled up any Ricky waters cards that I could find, uh, loved football cards, you know, and as a kid, I, you know, you love going to the card shop, buying cards, talking to the dude that owns it, probably getting ripped off because you're a know nothing kid. But you get your cards and you always meet up with your buddies and you go to the Beckett and you look up what they're worth and you trade. And my brother and I, Tyson, and I'll talk about him in a little bit because he really got me back into cards. Uh, But he and I would, you know, would go meet up with our friends, some of them older than us. And my dad would always get pissed because he would take us to the card shop, you know, would go there and buy some new cards and then immediately go meet up with our friends. And some of the older dudes would always end up trading us and my dad always felt like we were getting ripped off and that you know that was kind of a funny story but it just kind of that that was our love of cards and we did that Tyson and I for about you know from eight to 13 and then you know the card thing just kind of stopped as we you know as we got older and right you know I never thought in a million years I would get back into it um, and then about two and a half years ago, uh, my brother Tyson, his handles at New England Baseball Cards, uh, he does some breaks on Instagram, but he uh, he kept calling me and he's like, Brian, dude, you got to get into sports cards. And I'm like, Tyson, I don't want to hear that shit, man. Like, right. <laughs> he, like he, he was always pumped to tell me about what he because he was opening. These were the days when you could go into Target or Walmart and buy whatever you wanted you know, this is uh, late 2017, early 2018. Right. You know, so he's going in buying just retail, opening it, having fun. And what got him hooked was he pulled in 2017. That was Aaron judges uh, rookie year, you know, and he was a huge name and he pulled a tops heritage blue real uh, autograph out of a little $5 pack at, at Walmart. Really? Yeah, dude. And that, I didn't that know, even know those were in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're incredible. They're like one in a million. But he's like the the luckiest son of a bitch. I like he's a he'll do, he'll do scratch cards sometimes, scratch tickets, and he'll always hit like a like a thousand dollar one or a five thousand wow. dollar one. Yeah. So he's just got some insane luck. And you know, he calls me and tells me, "I'm like Tyson. I don't want to hear about this card." 
like cool. And I'm like, think, he's tells me how valuable it is. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, I think that's what a lot of people think about of cards is people say they're valuable, but they're not like, let me see it to believe it kind of a thing, you know? Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. And that's whenever I talk to people about cards and card values in my, in my hobby, if I, if I do choose to tell them, they, they just don't believe it at all. Right. You get that um, skeptical. And they can't even comprehend it. Yeah. And so like, and that was me with him. He tells me how, and I'm like, dude, it's a baseball card. Like how valuable, let me let, sell it Tyson for a thousand dollars. Like you say it's worth, and then I'll believe you. Right. Uh, but then he came out to visit um, about a year and a half later. And I got a target right next to my house. And this was 2019 Bowman year. And uh, right at the time, mega boxes are dropped at target. And we walk into my target and there's a whole rack of them of 2019 Bowman mega boxes. So this is like the Wander Franco year. Julio yeah. Rodriguez just loaded. Um, and he, and I'm like thinking he's going to buy like two and he grabs like 15, 20 and throws them. And I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? Right, <laughs> I'm, like, right. I'm like, dude, that's like $500. I'm right. like, what in the hell are you doing? And you know, and, I, and me being like, know nothing about it. I'm going, you're crazy. And he's like, dude, I can't find these anywhere. We're buying them. Uh, these are just such an amazing. And I'm like, I, you're crazy. You just spent like, you know, my car payment. Right. On, right. On, on stupid boxes of baseball cards. Uh, but, you know, I'm a big Mariners fan. So I know who Julio Rodriguez is and you will hit, you know, it's just kind of one of those crazy moments. We open one of them. This was a blaster box, Don, and yep. uh, we're pulling through it. And the blaster boxes only have the the green retail autos in them out of 99. Yep. And I shit you not, he opens it and he pulls a green Julio on card first Bowman auto. Wow. Out of a <laughs> – and, and that was like the moment. He and I are like – so and, you know, I'm freaked out because I'm just like, dude, that's Julio. That's that's Julio Rodriguez. That's an autograph. That's badass. And, you know, and then we look and it, you know, starts being worth 400. And now today it's worth like, you know, 1500. Yeah, it's ridiculous amounts of money. And that was. Did he grade that, it? That's yeah, that's what got me hooked, dude, was that that experience with him and. And, and pulling that card and, and just how much fun he and I had opening that stuff together, you know? Yeah, no. And so it was, uh, I think it was like nostalgic, right? Uh, sentimental yeah. for you guys both being brothers. And then yeah. it was almost like, that story is almost like fate for you to get back into baseball cards. Like, I, I mean, I can't script it and it's no shit. Like, yeah, like you incredible. said, that's, that's what we used to do when we were, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, you know? And, and 20 years later, I'm thinking he's a crazy asshole. Right. And and we're opening packs, having fun. And then we, he pulls that and, you know, we just just had a blast doing that. And, you know, it's it's been pretty much the same ever since. And, no, and I, don't know, I don't know what it is about him. But so he also pulled and, and just – so he also pulled the uh, first uh, image variation, Franco, bat on shoulder. Oh, my I gosh. You, I don't know if you – but we were disappointed at the time. 
because those are going for ridiculous amounts dude, of money. Ridiculous and and in my it's better than the auto, but we wanted the autograph, you know what I mean? Right, of course, of course. I mean, that's the thing as a kid, you always want yeah, autographs and you never got them because they printed a million cards and the odds that you've seen an autograph, you had better chance of going right. to the ballpark and getting someone to sign it. No. Yeah, and as a kid, you don't know what the hell you're doing. No. You know, like you said, but so we and we pull that card and and he and I are both like, "Huh." We're like bummed because we wanted the the Mojo auto and and he submitted that to PSA and that got a 10. Wow. Um and and now we have, you know, two two years later that's like that could be one of his biggest cards of all time. Well, does he still have it? He's, oh yeah, he he still has it. You know, as as we started learning about cards and I really took a big dive into it after that cuz I was like if I'm going to spend the money right to to do this, I need to know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. So, and and you know, so we figured that card's worth a lot of money, so he still has it. And that's kind of like the Franco PC one card, the Grail card we're going to hold no matter what. I got you. You know, just no, uh, I, but that, yeah, that's kudos. how it started, dude. Kudos for holding for sure. I mean, that's I'm I'm kind of in between, and I've I've talked about it on on the podcast too. Like I'm I'm kind of in between where I finally have made the decision where like I'm going to hold like the Brady rookie, the Kobe rookie and that stuff long-term. Um, yeah. Some of the base. So I do have a couple of baseball guys for whatever reason. I don't know how mm-hmm. I end up with a couple different baseball guys. I'll hold on to some of their stuff, but um, man, you, you said a lot right there in that segment. So just, I just want to recap some of the stuff and how it's relatable to me. So I, yeah, it's please. funny as my dad, my dad sent me a package of like old comic books and football cards that I had from when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I, I loved Bo Jackson. Um, a lot of people don't remember. There's a cartoon. It was Bo Jackson, Wayne Gretzky, and I think Michael Jordan, right? And they were like in this cartoon. And um, and I, I, that's who I liked. I liked Gretzky. I liked Bo Jackson. I liked Jordan. I always loved Jordan. But uh, anyway, so I, I, I just liked the Raiders. Um, and it's funny because my, my grandfather actually played at the University of Miami, played for the Packers. Um, I never liked the Packers. Um, I was a Raiders fan. And so my dad sends me this package and all these, there's like Howie Long rookie cards in it, Bo Jackson rookie cards in it. And they're all cards that I bought as a little kid from the card show. And they are like in the worst fucking condition ever. Like they're, they're cut so bad. All the corners are dinged up. And it's like, I'm, and like you said, I'm like, goddamn, card shop owner saw me coming from a mile away and was like, definitely, we're definitely getting all this money from this kid and we're giving him the yep. shittiest cards in the pile. Um, and then <laughs> when I was, when I was young, I don't even remember how old, I guess I could look up. I still have the card. Um, it was a stadium club Griffey card with Griffey and it's like zoomed in on his face and, um, and he's got a hat on backwards. Was it? Was it Stadium Club? Yeah, no, it was Stadium Club. I was going to say um, Pinnacle, but that was a that was a Jason Kidd card. That's another story. But the Griffey card, I remember looking in Beckett, and it was worth sixty bucks. And um, and this is when I this is like the first time I learned of the value of money. And just because something's worth sixty bucks doesn't mean you're going to get sixty bucks. So I'm like super stoked looking at it. My grandfather was a businessman, and he's just like, "What do you got there?" I'm like, "My grandpa, I got this." Griffey card, it's 60 bucks right here, $60. <laughs> and he's like, 
yeah, but you got to get someone to actually pay you 60 bucks for it. So good luck with that shit. And I was just like, oh, man, you just ruined me. (laughs) That's the the critic's favorite answer, right? (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So, but I, I, you know, for me, I think even now to this day, even though I know something's worth something, if I, and I've said it before, if I want to move it, I'll move it. And that's where these kids, and I say kids, like these teenagers, early 20s, yeah, guys that are in the hobby, man. I always know when I'm dealing with someone younger through messaging because they take a super hard line on like the value of a card and, and what they want in terms of the price or the trade. And it's just like, gets kind of old to me because i'm like man do you want to move the thing or not because i'm motivated and you seem to just be stuck on a couple dollars which i would rather build the relationships with people than be stuck on a couple dollars yeah no for sure dude i definitely understand that but um but yeah so back to you um you just right before we had a little a little talk or banter before we started recording and you just made your largest baseball card purchase or card purchase period right yeah, and it may be, you know, I'm in a good spot to buy this card because I'm going to, where I'm at right now, I have cards that I can move pretty quickly to right. offset the the cost of the card. But, you know, I, you know, talking, you know, the card. So I'm, I just put out a post today, but I'm a big fan of Otani. You know, I was skeptical, like many before the season, you know, due to his, his injury problems. Right. You know, but but I've been following him very heavily, like pretty easy to do. And he just keeps like, you know, proving the skeptics wrong every day. You know, and he's just playing out of his mind. So I, you know, probably I can't believe it went for what it did. I thought it would go for a little more, but I just bought a 2018 Bowman Chrome rookie batting uh, on card, just auto BGS 95. Uh, for 30, you know, over 3000. And that's my, by far the biggest card I've ever bought. And, you know, I'm pretty damn happy about it right now, but. that I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's a little stressful when you start to spend that kind of money on a card. But I I think you, like you said, you position yourself well to do it. Um, And like we were talking about before, like I, so that, that's more than I've spent on any card personally um wow it, it, dude, it, i mean and that's uh my biggest card purchase before that was eight hundred dollars wow so that that just goes to show my my belief in what he's doing right in, in what in my belief in that card in that set uh in in potentially you know whether it's a long-term hold or i don't know i'm just happy as hell to have it now hopefully right. congratulations you know, yeah, I appreciate that. Obviously, you gotta uh, get it shipped to me and make sure the deal goes through. Um, but like, like you were saying, I just—if that were my first card buy, I would not have been able to do that. I just have other stuff that I know I can go and move, right? Quickly to cover the expense of that. So I'm I'm pretty fortunate in that I can get a card like that, and it's not going to affect my bank account, so to speak. Right. So, uh, so with Otani, is that do you? Is there any data or um, analysis yeah. that goes into that for when you're looking at a player like that? And I didn't see your post today, so sorry. Yeah. Um, no, 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 you're good, dude. No, no apologies necessary. But you know, so I'm I'm big into the like like what I was saying. 
when I do something, I, I don't want to do it and not know what I'm doing. And I realized really quick, you have to know what you're doing in cards. Cause there's just, you know, there's so much to it. So many different layers. Uh, right. So with this card that I love, so he does not have a first Bowman. Like if you look at Acuna, Tatis, Mike Trout, Mookie, you know, they all have a first Bowman autograph, right. which is the, you know, that's the, the the big money card that's their first professionally licensed card in a pro uniform um and that's the most valuable card but because in uh, otani was an international prospect and he wasn't in the states there is no first bowman autograph of him so so and i've done a ton of looking at you know his sets and what he's in and the bowman chrome the 2018 is his you know, one of his first rookie cards. And in my mind, that's his first Bowman. I got you. So um, please don't take this the wrong way, but you know, with the way the hobby is, there's all these socially acceptable things or what people consider things to be. So is that widely accepted as like the one, the card to have and excuse my ignorance on the tiny cards. I just, like we, no. we talked about before, I kind of missed the boat on that one personally. So is that the card to have? Yeah, and that's like- a great question. Yeah. And I, you know, I follow it a lot. And since day one to me, when I look at Otani, that is the, it's going to remain very low produced just in general, because it's a hobby only right. uh, product. So you can't go, there's not going to, so for instance, his PSA 10, there's only a thousand in existence right now which with an ultra modern card for a base card is very rare. And, you know, he did have a mojo in 2017, but no autograph. And that card is really valuable, but it's not a rookie card. There's no RC logo. Mm-hmm. And with his tops, just really overprinted the shit out of him. And he's, so he's got a whole lineup in series two, right? You know, a base short prints, parallels, all that. Then he's got a whole lineup and update. So he's got two sets there. And then he's got a whole Topps Chrome and a Topps Chrome update. You know, so there's a lot of that image and a lot of that card out there. And there's only one Bowman Chrome rookie card of him. And it's a great pit. It's, you know, the card people want is him hitting. For whatever reason, the hitting image is a lot more valuable than the pitching. And from, you know, just in general, like, so his his Bowman Chrome base PSA 10 rookie card, that's pushing over $700. Wow. And that, that card has a 240% gain over the last three months. And none of his other base rookie cards are even – they're all down from uh, some of the peak highs in the season. Okay. Man, so it, that's crazy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. It's just that's what helps me – like when I'm looking at a card, it helps me understand what set separates itself. And all players are different. Otani's a very special case because he doesn't have a first Bowman. And I am a I love Bowman. A Bowman Chrome rookie card with an autograph on it is one of the top cards you can get of a player, and he doesn't have a first. So to me, this is like his it's first his first. Bowman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how I view it. I, I just I think it's crazy. Um, and I've talked about this before, but it's like 
you know, he he's on track, like we talked about earlier. He could be having the greatest individual season in baseball history. Yeah. And and people are so biased and um ignorant or like snobby with cards that like even him pitching on a baseball card, it's still Otani. Right. It's just they devalue it just because he's pitching. It's like ludicrous to me to think about that as we're talking about. Um, him and these cards like uh, to me personally i i wouldn't care but you know if you're gonna make an investment i guess you got to kind of go with what the people are going with right and and that and that's where but i mean you're you're totally right and i feel like that's one of the things when you say snobby that's one of the problems with the hobby is there's a ton of people that don't know a lot and then there's a ton of people that have like uh old school leanings or old school mentalities Right. And they and they haven't necessarily adapted with a lot of the changes that's gone on because, I mean, baseball cards in the last year have gone under some significant changes in what was once king and is no longer king. Right. Um, And so there's a lot of and you just got to block out the naysayers. And I say it all the time. You just got to trust your gut and your intuition. I can't tell you, dude, if I would have trusted my intuition. um, I would have made. And it's not, it's not always about the dollars and cents, but it helps fuel the love for cards and and building the stuff you want using that money that you make off of what you think or know. Right. Um, And if I would have followed my intuition earlier, I would have made ton money beyond I could even comprehend, even though I knew it was right because I didn't trust it 100%. And that, and that's just taught, taught me to trust what I think and what, I know or what I think I know um, and just to be patient with it, if that makes yeah. sense. No, absolutely. It's uh, I, I think um, sometimes in these situations, you can't really go wrong with your gut feeling, even with all the data and statistics in the world. Um, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example is I had two Wander Franco Bowman first at a speckle and a refractor. And mm-hmm. I had a um, refractor Robert Bowman first. Um, all of Are them these were nine five tens. Yep, they're all autos okay. nine five tens. Okay. Big boys. Um, yeah, and 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 to me, so they were big. I don't. And that's here's the thing is I don't remember if I traded up or bought these, but I didn't have any more than I, I would say even on the on the heavy side of $3,000 maybe invested in all three. And I, and I'm pretty sure like before the season started, um, I talked to a few guys and I was just like, you know, I don't know if the trends are different now where we're seeing these spikes even before the season. And if the, and I don't, and I don't think it's going to be sustainable or keep going throughout the season. I mean, of course, if somebody like Otani has a season they're having, then that's, yeah, that's common sense, I think. Right. But, um, so I was like, you know what? I'm moving these now. And I moved those three cards with my $3,000 investment. Um, what was it? Four, eight. I think it was like 11 or 12 grand I got back. Um, and, and which, is in, which is incredible. And I'm going to cut. I don't mean to cut, but you sold at the abs. And in, in your speculation on this is the peak, you know, you, you nailed that. Because had you waited with, I mean, Franco, you might have done better for right when he debuted, but maybe last week, right? Yeah. But when I look at it, it's pretty even because there were three peaks or two periods prior to this, that a lot of people were speculating he was going to break. 
with the raise. And so like if you sold in March or eight, you know, during spring training is what I'm guessing you're sold your, your Franco. Yep. That was where, he, I mean, his peak at that people pretty much thought he was going to break with the race. So you sold it at the peak and obviously Robert got hurt and you know, that's history. So you congrats with trust in your gut there and, and pulling the trigger on those. That's pretty awesome. It's just tough because I think, I think you're probably like me more so to me, it's not always about the dollars and cents is I, yeah. I do get, I get like uh they have sentimental value to me for whatever reason mm-hmm. I get attached to them. I didn't want to move them. But with those three pieces, I was just like, man, Christmas is over. Yeah. Um, all this stuff's going on. I, I'm going to move them. And then, you know, and then, of course, I thought some of these cards were going to come back from grading because I have 700 cards out at grading. Yeah. So, so, I was, yeah. so I was like, you know, it'll, you know, it'll be extra money in the bank for other investments or to pay for grading, yeah. whatever it may be. But yeah, I just, man, it's crazy. Gosh. So, uh, so do you, Everything you like, so for me, that's I'm not a data driven guy. I do yeah. look at, I, I guess, I mean, it's hard to say because I do look at eBay sales nonstop mm-hmm. to try to figure out pricing on stuff. But is it everything you do about the data? Some of it, a lot of it's about the data. It, but, you know, for me, more importantly, it's always about the player first. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't care anything about cards. You know, you got to, you got to hit on a player. Right. And, you know, and, and, and I, I've just always been this way when I was a kid, I was always combing the, the, the newspaper. Cause that's how we got our yep. statistics back in the day was yep. grabbing the paper, going to the sports section and checking box scores, you know, or watching ESPN, but we didn't have like DVR. So if you didn't catch ESPN, you know, you had to, you missed it. Yep. Oh man. So, I, real quick. Just thinking about what you said. So I remember, the absolute worst thing in the world for me is as a teenager in high school, I played sports, but like if I missed top, if I missed top 10 plays before I had to leave for school, it was like the worst because it was only at the top of the hour. Yeah. Um, I think it was like five or 10 till the top of the hour. And if you missed it, you were fucking screwed for a whole nother hour. And it was like, well, I guess I'm not going to see it. And everyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah. Or you could be so bummed. You could miss it for that whole day. And it's not like you could go and rewatch it. Nope. Like it was gone, you know? So, but I was always the player, the, even as a kid, like I loved looking at at stats and players and I always, I always wanted to find like the next guy. I don't know why, but that was just a big part of, I didn't want to be like, Oh, I love my Jordan. Uh, Of course, Jordan's like phenomenal. And I loved Griffey, but like my, I loved a rod because he was this, you know, super young prospect. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of unknowns about him. So, like, I just loved him. And when – and I, you know, from, I was just so big on him. And, obviously, he let me down as a Mariners fan because he took the money and went to Texas. But that's just wow. kind of how my, na- how my nature is. So, that's how I am with cards. You know, I'm not – I own a few trouts and I have nothing against him. But I don't want to buy something that, you know, to me that's just – it's smart, but at the same time, I I like to buy the guys that nobody's talking about or the cards that nobody's talking about, uh, and watch them do what I think they're gonna do. Right. Yeah. So, like a guy like Trout's a, a known commodity. Exactly. 
and, and, and it got a lot. Look for the diamonds in the rough. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big into prospecting. I loved Julio Rodriguez before he was a top 100 prospect. And, you know, obviously now he's top five in all world. And I love Noel V. Marte. I'm also a yep. big Mariners fan. So it's easier for me to love these guys. But, you know, like Fernando Tatis, I remember in a year and a half ago, his Chrome rookie card was $60, PSA 10. Yep. Yep. And his refractors were 100 and his X-Fractors were 160 And his top Series 2 paper was like almost 100 bucks. And I'm going, what in the hell is wrong with this? You know, why am I, gonna, why am I not going to buy refractors and X-Fractors for less than half the cost of a base paper card? Right. You know, so that's just kind of how my mentality works with, with what I buy and what I'm looking at. I like the next, the new stuff or what's going to happen, so to speak. I, with Tatis, the one card I regret buying was the, uh, the short print. Uh, mm. I think they made it both in the Chrome and where he's doing the wrap. And, and the, the wrist dugout. tape? The dugout? Yeah. 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 I, I wish I would have bought that one and I didn't. Because those dude, are like dirt cheap. Yeah. And, and now it's funny. That card, at the time, you could have bought it for less than the base. Yep. You know, and it's a refract. So, I, but that taught you a lot, right? Like yep. that experience teaches you for the next op, you know, the next situation, I'm going to go there. And you know, the funny thing about that card, it's really not even a hard card to get. You just buy it out of the uh, 2019 Topps Chrome complete factory sets. The, the long it's rectangular, the rectangular boxes and you get one short print in one box and there's only five. And one of the other ones is Vlad. So if you were buying those rectangular uh, factory sets, those (laughs) Topps Chrome complete sets, you were – and they were only like 70 bucks, you know, to buy that at Target. So (laughs) just an FYI, if you see those, pick them up. (laughs) Grab them. Yeah, snag them. Yeah. I you know I I like I like the diamond in the rough thing too. Um I'm a Yankees fan, so my my guy there for a while, which I've totally liquidated all of my stuff now. And I'm actually thinking about grabbing some more stuff again just because I, I do have faith in them still as Glaber. Glaber is so say young. <laughs> say Torres. I said say Torres. I was waiting for it. Gosh, man. He and yeah, I don't know. I don't know anymore with Glaber. Like the other day, speaking of top ten, he had like the number two play at short, and I'm like, "What? Where is this coming from?" And then I and then I saw another stat today. I think he's like four for fifty or something ridiculous in the last however many games, and I'm just like, he's killing me. But I, but he is still super young. But I, you know, not to jump on the Yankees thing, and I, probably a lot of people don't think this way of me. But I'm like, man, can we move Glaber somewhere else? And then the number one guy I want to see move to first base is Aaron judge. I want him out of the damn outfield already. Right. Um, like quit I just seeing don't him understand that. Yeah. And that's, I don't understand why he needs to be out there. Like just stick him on first. He's a giant target. He'll be fine. Teach him how to, to be in the outfield. Right. Like, does he really need to be out there trotting around just ready to shred both ACLs or run into the wall? Like just makes no sense to me, but. But I mean, you know, I love it's funny you say Torres because I was so big on him, dude, coming yeah. into this year. 
You know, I, I felt too. like he was I felt like he was just being slept on. And I'm going yep. um all of his prospect, you know, his uh scouting grades, everything he did in the minors, everything he did when he was a rookie. I was like, he had a down bubble season like everybody last year, yep. you know? And I'm like, this guy's got and, and the thing that blows my I just don't know where the hard contact's gone. Yep. That's you know, and I and I love him and I and I, my brother and I, he, my brother Tyson, he's put in a ton into Torres, and we're just sitting on it, waiting, hoping for, because dude, can you believe his uh, tops Chrome went got down to like eighteen dollars PSA ten? Yep. yep. Like I, I bought a, I bought a refractor Bowman first nine five ten true gem. Um, it might even had a ten for six hundred bucks after the shortened season, and I was like this for almost three grand the year before yeah um, like and, and i i just i i feel like it's still there dude i i'm not ready to i'm certainly not gonna sell my shit for 18 dollars. you know no, i'd rather just not. i'd rather just hold it and if it ends up being like uh i won't say toilet paper because that wouldn't be too fun with a graded card but <laughs> but if it ends up mess. being yeah, it ends up being junk, and so be it. But I just, man, I'm like you. I, I love Torres. I just don't know where his hard contact's gone. He's got to get that. He's got to start barreling the ball up again. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was under 25, two time All Star yeah. in the playoffs. The last, the last two years, he's the only Yankee to even make contact, and it just seemed like he was always there showing up. And I was like, this guy, for whatever reason, is getting slept on. And I yeah. felt like he was on the on the brink of being like one of the guys that if outside of New York or someone like mm-hmm. you, no one's talking about and everyone would be soon. But then I, I don't know if it's like it seems more and more these days. I don't know if it's something between the ears or what, but. And that's very possible, dude. I when a dude's confidence is shot, uh, they're 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 no longer the same person. So. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you follow basketball at all, but like, God, what the hell are the the Sixers doing to these guys? Like, first Markel Fultz with his quote unquote shoulder injury, where he forgot how to shoot a damn free throw, and then now Ben Simmons is going through the same thing. If I was a Sixers fan, I I can't even imagine the conspiracy theories going on. There. Oh, dude, yeah, like what's going on with the coaching staff and in behind right. the doors and stuff, like you know, but that it's definitely real. Um, that that as being you know doing a little being a a player my whole life well most of my life you know when I had a coach that I didn't feel like believed in me and was always mfing me right you know my y- your confidence is gone and you're no right. longer remotely the same player that you used to be so well and that's uh well, I think it was last episode I talked about so I I did some scouting um for a major college basketball program. And Ben Simmons was one of the kids I looked at when he was very young. And the, the billing with him was that he was going to definitely be a six, eight or six ten point guard. And in high school, he would shoot threes, no problem. Jumpers, fadeaways, um, free throws were never an issue. Um, I don't think, I don't, if I remember it, his stats weren't like through the roof, like he wasn't going to be a pure shooter, but there was no doubt that he would knock, knock down an open shot right and then now to see him I, it's got to be something between the ears and I 
Yeah, like you said, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And then now the Phillies, the rumors are they're talking about moving them to see what they can get. And, that, and to me, that sounds like they're giving up on a franchise piece. And then to see MB just completely throw them under the bus in the post game, um, there's definitely something going on there. But gosh, it's crazy. So yeah, yeah. But, but back to the thing with Glaber, like, I mean, maybe it's something between the ears. I mean, you wouldn't think that seeing him walking around. Yeah, uh, pre-game and post-game, and but maybe it is. It's it just to me, I, I it's one of those things that you can't uh, can't explain because he had, you know, he may not have always made like Tatis kind of contact or Soto or Vlad Guerrero this year, but he, I mean, he hit forty bombs in eighteen. Yep. Yep. Like you don't go from hitting forty dingers to, I mean, does he have five this year? Right. You know, like, and we're halfway. I mean, you're so whether I mean, the only other thing I could think of is he was a PED guy, yeah. you know, which I I don't think, but I just well, it's so, so what, hard to explain. What I mean, what's your take on? I don't know, we're going to take this turn, but like, what is your take on the PEDs and the steroids? And I, I only ask because to me, that like the greatest hitter I ever saw was Barry Bonds yeah. as a kid and even as an adult, right? Cause that's how long he played for. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember a sports analyst made this, uh, not an analogy, but he was saying like the thing with Barry Bonds is regardless of the steroids, his hand eye coordination is probably like the best ever in baseball. Yeah. And regardless of the steroids, you, you can't hit like that with steroids. <laughs> so I guess um, my, my I, dude, I, I that's so tough, and I just wish they would have never used it because right. I still think they would have been phenomenal players. Yep. Um, and it, it doesn't make them like a villain in my mind. I'm not like F. Barry Bonds or I hate A. Rod because of who he is, not of you know, <laughs> you know, not of what he's done. But like Mark McGuire, Sosa, yep. I love those dudes. I just it's hard to. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to validate what they did knowing they, they quote unquote cheated. Yep. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I don't look at them like they're villains, you know? So no, I would, I don't I would either. Be, yeah, I, I, I'm probably like you, you know, like you said about bonds, he, regardless of steroid, dude, the guy had the most insane discipline at the plate. Uh, and I guarantee you, he would have still hit 40 homers easy if he wasn't uh, using, you know? And I, yeah, and I'd have to look. It's been years since I've looked, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he was hitting bombs for the Pirates. Like, oh, yeah. So it wasn't like anything new. I think, I think for him, it was probably more of a, a career longevity thing. But it's funny, like you brought up A Rod. So I'm probably in the minority with A-Rod only because most Yankees fans hate the guy, but he actually did a ton that year they won the World Series. Oh, dude, and I yeah. just think it's I just think it's funny how people just have this hate for him. And I'm like, well, I'm a Yankees fan, and most Yankees fans hate him, but I don't. I'm like, we won the damn World Series because of him. So, and, and so that you're, year. And you're, big, and you're just a big Yankees dude. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Florida, um, and when I grew up in Florida – no one was a Rays fan. No one sure as hell was a Marlins fan. Everybody in North Florida is an Atlanta Braves fan, and I just I wasn't into it. Um, yeah. 
And the reason I became a Yankees fan, so this is how long ago it was. So old Yankee Stadium, it was the last year. I just moved to New York for work. And this and this is how long ago it was. I opened the paper to see who the Yankees were playing. And uh, they just happened to be playing the Red Sox. So <clears throat> my buddy was like, hey, let's go to the game. Um, I'm, I'm active duty military. And they do Yankees do free tickets during the week for active duty military. And um, – so I, I talked to this police officer and he's like, Hey, talk to this, ask for this the head of security at the media gate. And I'm like, sure. It's my first time ever in New York city. I go and this guy's like, yeah, I'm, I'm retired from the army or you're active duty. I'm like, I am active duty. And I had my two sons with me and he was like, go sit anywhere you want for free. Don't even worry about it. If there's a problem, have them call me on the radio. So we ended up sitting in some seats and, of course, we were sitting in someone's seat, so we called the guy on the radio, and he's like, I got perfect seats for you. So we sat three rows up, old Yankee Stadium, Yankees, Red Sox, me and my two sons, and saw the game for free. And I just, you know, the history and everything, and then being in New York City, they're on every single night, and I just slowly became a Yankees fan. It's like the only team I root for or care about that's not a Florida team, basically. That's not a Florida team. So you're a big, like, are you a Jags fan? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're so a big Jags fan. I always, I always, I still, I'm still a Raiders fan. I always root for the home team, so I'm a Jags fan. I'll probably, yep. um, I'll probably have season tickets for the rest of my life for the Jags. Um, I'm a huge Gators fan, uh, Florida Gators, um, Orlando Magic fan. As painful yep. it's been, I'm a huge Orlando <laughs> Magic fan. We just, uh, man, the Magic. I feel like. We had this high with Penny and Shaq, those back-to-back drafts, and it's just been death ever since. Shitter, yeah. I mean, even this <laughs> draft, a buddy I grew up with, he's a diehard Magic fan too. And before the lottery, he's like, you know, we got a chance to get top three or the number one pick, and I'm like, I'm just worried about keeping the Bulls pick because it was top four protected, you know. And yeah, so then the so then it's rolling, and it's like. The eighth pick, the eighth pick, the Magic get the eighth pick like they're supposed to with the Bulls. I'm like, here we go. We're getting the top three pick and a number eight pick. And then sure as hell, it's like with the number five pick, you know, ain't no Magic. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, the one year we have a chance and they do the weird odds thing where the top three worst teams have the best odds at the number one pick and we get the fifth pick somehow. Like, and then, of course, that's out of the top four guys that everyone thinks is going to be an all-star. So Right. And in basketball, I mean, that's massive, right? Yeah. Well, you know, like, it's not like football where after the top three, you're still – there's still huge talent there. That's such a drop-off, right, with basketball? Uh, yeah. And the, and, the, and the way the analyst and the, everything goes nowadays, they're pretty spot on. I mean, you're always going to get a, a guy yeah. late first round or second round that makes it and becomes an all-star. But, like, it's still – it's, like, damn near impossible. So – and then, you know, in the NBA, if you don't hit on those first-round picks, it's not like football or baseball where there's a million rounds. There's only two, and really it's the first round that counts. So if you don't hit on right. those guys, it just keeps setting you back. And I feel like the Orlando Magic, we've been mediocre for like the last 10 years, if not longer, where we've just been good enough to almost make the playoffs or make the playoffs, but never good enough yeah. to get a high draft pick. And here we are in perfect position, and we still get fucked. So Get five and eight, and you had two top top picks potentially yep yeah well the bulls one is where it's supposed to be but the our actual pick we got screwed on so but it, that's yeah, yeah. even like uh a couple of years ago in luca's draft right um yeah 
if they would have lost the last game of the season, our odds of being in the top three would have been right there. Those dumbasses down in Orlando decided to win the last game of the season. For what reason? I have no idea. And we drop to the fifth pick and end up with Mo Bamba and miss out on Luca and Trey. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's like to be a Magic fan. And people definitely don't know that or remember that, but I do because right. I'm a Magic oh, fan. Yeah. I'm like, hey, we're not going to screw this up tonight. We're going to fucking lose. Like, we've done all season, and, of course, they win. <laughs> Dude, I'm a Mariners fan, so I, you know, I can feel everything you're saying about the Magic. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, you know, one bad trade or – one bad pick after another, after another, and you got 20 years longest team. So I, you know, in the playoffs, so I know exactly. So, so <laughs> what are, have you from. done? Have you done your analysis on Kalenic? Like what's going on with him? Cause I know I don't follow him, but I know he was a big prospect to get the call no, up yeah. and then he, and then he got sent back down. Um, but I think as far as this season goes, him and Wander were the two guys, everyone they were talking about what 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 happened with him so so he started off uh had a great game second game against uh Bieber hit a home run off of his I think it was his split or his changeup, one or the other but you know great second game and I think the dude he wants to be uh great Kelnick does he wants to be you know one of the best players to ever play so he puts a ton of pressure on himself and, you know, I don't know if he's ever struggled with what he was going through in the big leagues. But then, you know, after that game, you know, he started to come around a little. But then I think as a player, when you start, he had a, a couple games against the A's, I don't know, four or five games in, six games in, where he was just hitting a ton of hard hit outs right at people. So you you couple that he was definitely pressing. Right. And I think he was putting so much weight on himself. And you couple that in with he was having some really bad luck when he was squaring the ball up. That I think it goes back to that mental thing and him just, you know, trying to do too much. And I mean Seattle didn't really help him out. They started him in the one hole. You know. Oh, really? Yeah, they started him lead off. Uh, right out of the gate, you know, they they played him in, in the leadoff spot and they kept him there for quite a while, moved him to the two hole. It wasn't until, you know, 15 games in, they put him back in the in the lineup. But at that point, all of his confidence and, you know, he was up there doing shit he, he probably ha- has never done, swinging at pitches, trying, you know. So I just think that was one of those situations where you have a guy – who wants to be great right? with a lot of pressure, trying to be great, getting some bad luck, and then it's just kind of snowballing. So, Because he's gone back to AAA, and he struggled a little bit, but he's, you know, he's on fire now. He had a he, – he, you know, he had – I don't know, he's got seven home runs and 970 OPS. So I think he'll be fine. I just think it was a combination of all of that. Why would they do why, – so, I, to me, I don't understand. You yeah. bring a guy up that's so hyped already, and like you said, they, they know that he wants to be great. Why the hell would you stick him in the one hole and be like, have at it, instead of putting him at the do middle or the back end of the lineup? Or, right, yeah. where there's no pressure. Like, no pressure. Just 
No. Hey, man, if you go out there and get a hit, awesome. But yeah, one hole, I mean, the one guy, you're, you're setting the tone for the entire game right off the and, bat. I just, that's crazy to me. Definitely. You know, pitchers attack the one hitter differently than the nine hitter. Not saying, right. you know, not saying he was getting pitched a lot harder, but a nine hole. And of course, they're going to pitch him tough. He's a, he's not a pitcher up there hitting, right. but everything like you said, try to take some, that's just the Mariners organization. You know, they, they just continue. Like I'm going here. We've got one of the best prospects ever that we stole from the Mets and right. somehow or another we're screwing this up too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's, yeah, it's crazy with the whole confidence thing. Cause I mean, yeah, I, I thought deep down inside, I thought Wander was going to have confidence issues as well, only because it's like, here you are all world, Mr. Baseball, yep. essentially his entire teenage adult life. And then they never call him up and they never call him up. And I'm like, man, what are the Rays doing? Right. And they've got six guys on their lineup hitting sub 200. Right. <laughs> You know, and, and 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 the Rays, if you don't follow them, draft a damn shortstop in the first round for yep. like the last five Greg years. Jones, <laughs> right? Yeah, Greg Jones, Alika Williams. Uh, yep. I mean, you can go on and on. So, yep. like, to me, I'm like, or, yeah, yeah, like, what are they doing? It just doesn't make any sense. No. Like, do you believe in this kid or not? Like, right, <laughs> like, but you know, you want to draft watch, other pieces, but watching him play, he's but he. he he hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. He's, he's not up there. He did have that one moment where he got really pissed after he struck out, but Kelnick was like smacking the bat like every single time and showing signs of frustration. of frustration. And Franco's out there smiling, you know, goofing around. Um, and his approach, like when you watch, he hasn't panicked. And dude, he's getting a lot of what Kelnick did, man. He's hit. He's got a 50% hard hit rate right now, which means he's hitting half of the balls in play, 95 miles per hour or, or harder, which wow. typically equate for a hit. That's, you know, when, when you look at advanced stats, 95 miles an hour exit velocity, the average on that is like a, a 700, mm. you know, like a 700 average or a 600 average. So he's getting just really unlucky. But which he's happens. not – right, which happens. That's baseball, dude. Like, that's what right. so many people don't understand about baseball. You can't just go look at a box score and go, oh, this dude sucks. Right. You know, you got to look what – you know, if, of course, if he goes 0 for 5 and strikes out four times, he's got issues. But if he goes 0 for 5 and hits, you know, two lineouts right at people, it's a different situation. So – so right. that's and it's the major leagues where, yeah. where those guys are not going to let those balls get by them either or drops or whatever it is. Too. Totally. So if you yeah. hit anywhere in that vicinity of those guys, they should, it should be an out. But that's the only thing I can relate to with that is uh, old man softball. I either hit yeah. a home run or I hit it right at somebody every time without fail. One or the other, right? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't bother me none. <laughs> yeah, you just you either and, and do like people got on Tatis in the bubble season because he went on a ten game you know slump, right? But you know in that ten games he he was just hitting hard outs at people, 
And in a 50 game season, that's going to have, you know, huge effects on a player's, you know, statistics because it's such a long average type of thing that in a 50 game condensed season, shit does not, it's just not even real. You got to no, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's like the a warm up season for a season. Yeah. What, like, so there's I a guess... lot of guys struggling right now that in the second half, we're going to have like that Greg Vaughn, you know, for the Tampa Bay Rays back in the day. Right. Where, you know, he hits 30 dingers in the second half, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, just need, just so, need a little warm up to get going. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, I, I guess, so I think. Why, unless I miss somebody, right? So widely out of the young guys, you got Tatis, um, Soto, Acuna. Um, who, who am I missing here out of those young guys that everybody talks about? Is that it? So the big, you, you got the big three: Acuna, Soto, Tatis, and I think you can add uh, yeah. Vladdy and Otani to that now. Yep. yep. You know what no, I mean? Right. Like, are, so are the, so, are Vladdy and Otani the same age as those other guys? Oh yeah. So Vladdy's twenty-two. Yep. Um, I mean, in, in, in Vlad, he was just out of shape, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, clearly that was a problem for sure. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, mean his... he was that he was that dude who just kicked ass at everything. And so he didn't, you know, he thought he was just going to kick ass in the big leagues. And it took, yeah. you know, a year and a half of him disappointing to be like, all right, I got to really take this serious and now look at it, you know, Doing some work. Yep. Yep. And then Otani, he's older. He's 26. So I, I don't think you can, you know, put him with that young crop of dudes. But, like, we got guys like Jordan Alvarez that nobody's talking about who Crushing is a phenom. Oh, dude, just – yeah. I mean, he's having a quiet, like, but phenomenal season. And the thing about him that's scary is, you know, he's not really – he's not hitting the ball out of the ballpark yet. He's got, I think – 13 or 14 home runs, but he's not, you know, he's, he hasn't heated up yet. He's like lukewarm and he's still hitting 300, you know, 14 homers, 40 RBI, like just a great year. So yeah, baseball is such a good place. Yeah. I guess there's just, I don't want to say tears, but I guess it's just all who's relative to you. Right. Cause you could talk about Bo Bichette too. And then Robert, yep. even though he's hurt, yep. um, that whole rookie class last year was pretty good. But so I guess yeah. for you, who's the man think, to you out of all these guys besides Otani? Because yeah. we talked about Otani, but yep. I know a lot of people um, love Tatis, but gosh, man, the dude is fragile, or at least it seems that way this year. Yeah. No, no, for sure. And I think you're right. I think you, I think the way you got to do it is by tears. I mean, I know you, but I, and, and so my tier one is like those four. I, I, before the season, I is the big three, you know, Tatis, Acuna, Soto. Now we got the big four with Vlad, and I'm just, dude, I'm so bullish on on Tatis because, hey. yeah, and I just love. And you're right, the thing that he's dealing with is the shoulder that he's had his apparently his whole life that we didn't know about until not his whole life, but you know, his professional baseball life. Um, right that we didn't know about till this spring and he just plays the game so damn hard. You know, like if you watch that dude on any ball, he's beating it down the line to first. Like he's trying to get an infield single on every play. 
Right. And, you know, he plays defense that way. That's why he has a ton of errors because he wants to make every single play, which, you know, which makes him commit an error on like a play he shouldn't be trying to make. Right. You know, so, and, and I think, but I mean, he's so young, but to me of those three, when he makes contact with the ball, he, he punishes the baseball. Right. Like it's yeah. not a single, it's not a single, it's not a pop out. Like that ball is, he's doing damage when he connects. And I love that, he, you know, and I love Soto's game, but he's never going to put up, um, you know, he's going to be close to his career, a 290, 30 homer, 100 RBI, 100 runs kind of guy, which is great. But because he walks so much, and he's not swinging, right? He's not making as much contact. If I that makes you. sense, no, you it know? does. I, I, man, I, uh, Soto is his antics at the plate are just crazy, and I haven't oh, watched him this year at all. But like, he's a tawny. They won the World <laughs> Series. I was just like, holy shit! I can't believe more guys don't try to put it in his ear. But, Truly. And, and dude, and, and, and then you get into the advanced stats with him. His launch angle is four degrees. Right. So it's just so what hard does that to mean? Punch. It means he, he hits liners and, and hard ground balls. And, okay. and, in, a, and in a season, um, and of course, he's a great player. I'm not like bashing Soto, but a four degree launch angle, chicks dig the long ball, dude. 100%. You know? Man, I used to have that shirt and I had it for years. <laughs> I just say it all the time. Chicks dig the long ball. Dude, it was that was literally my wife was like, Why do you still have this? Because it's from high school. Uh, Greatest commercial of all time. It said chicks dig the long ball in the front and they had the Nike check and then a ball like on fire in the back. I had that shirt for so long. Um, But with Soto, yeah, yeah. They're they're like taking practice swings and everyone's like, What the hell are they doing? Chicks dig the long ball, man. Yep. Oh, that's great. I'm gonna have to look that up on YouTube tonight, and then look up all the other great commercials. But uh, Soto, I uh, I was kind of hoping you're gonna have some better news with Soto. I just read an article the other day that said that he's actually people are down on him, but he's quietly having a pretty good year. Well, oh, um, dude, he's having, and I don't mean to cut. He's having a great year, but what people were paying for. They were paying for his bubble season. Yep. And I mean, those numbers were, I mean, if you, and, that, and I love to look at like a guy's career and what the, cause baseball again is such a game of averages. Like if there's something that sticks out like an anomaly, chances are that's what it is. And if you look at what he's done his entire career, what he did in 40 games last year just doesn't match you know, who he is career wise, right. Career wise. And, and that was just my, you know, my take on him. And when I ranked them, I, I put Soto three, Acuna two, Tatis one, you know, for those reasons. So, and I wish I had better, better news. Cause I, I love Soto. I just don't no. know if he's the most valuable of the three. Yeah, I'm a, and it's selfish for me because I I just had a five day pop literally yesterday with uh yeah it's a um a Soto Gold Cup Sapphire got a PSA ten and then uh, dirty 
The one that, that kind of pisses me off, and I don't know how I got a PSA 9, was a, a Randy Rosarina um, Sapphire Auto that I pulled. Got a PSA 9, which I'm kind of pissed about. But I, I think with Randy, too, um, that – what he did last year in the, in the playoffs in the in the World Series, I don't like. I thought, like you said, it was just a small sample size and an anomaly of what he's done so far. So, but I haven't, yeah. I haven't checked his stats this year to see how he's doing. But God, he had an unbelievable this year. Yeah, and and you know, and I kind of felt, but I didn't buy Randy. You know, mm. that just was me, and I I didn't. But I loved what he was doing. I just, to me, I have a hard time spending money on dudes outside of the guys we've talked about. Right. And and the big prospects like uh, Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez, Luciano, Jason. You know, I just have a hard time because, in my opinion, these dudes are still so cheap. Right. Compared to all other sports. And I know baseball is its own thing, and it, it it's le- – but these guys, what they're doing in baseball – they're li- if you go look at like the, the MVPs, you've got Otani, Vlad, uh, Acuna, Tatis. Right. Like they're, and literally- they're supposed to be the future and they're here right. now. They are here now. They are like, you know, they're, they're all under 23. Right. They are the cream, cream of the crop, dude. So I'm just really I- bullish on the young baseball guys. So I guess um, out of, Dominguez and Witt, who, I mean, and the th- the hard part with Dominguez is that there's just not a lot of data or data at all. Yes. Um, but and it, he's almost like uh, he's almost I would compare it to like the Bo Jackson stories of when Bo yep. Jackson was a kid. He's just like this mythical creature. Yeah, that, dude. And I think I think the thing that everyone's banking on is that the Yankees gave him five million dollars and they wouldn't do that for a rumor, right? You know, so. it, to me with – and I wasn't huge on Bobby Witt uh, before before he played this year right? because I, I really look at fan graphs, um, scouting reports on dudes, and if they give a guy a 40-hit tool. Right. Is that what they gave me, him? And that's what they gave him. They gave him a maxed-out hit tool of like a 40 or a 45, which Was means – like Nick, Nick Madrigal? Is that what, yeah, is that what we're talking about? That's replacement player. Okay. So so a 45 is like a scrub. A 50 is a potential all-star, 55 all-star. You know, Franco, for instance, is a freaking 80. Yep. So, like, he's out of this world hit tool. And Witt, he had huge power, like a 70 power. But what I was thinking of Witt was like Aristides Aquino at shortstop. Okay. Dude, what is going on with him? It just this, uh, just he was never. He just got, you know. It's like the complete opposite of Kelnick or Franco to start, like an unknown who just came out hot and became who he is, you right. know. <laughs> and like these guys, people are panic selling and like dumping, and it's like you guys just don't understand baseball. So I should keep the Aquino. Well, Aquino, I don't know. Like I would say, get rid of Aquino. And if you got Kelnick and Franco, obviously hold them. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't panic sell them right now. Okay. Because Aquino started out hot and he was a nobody. Kind of like that Yerman Mercedes guy for the White Sox. He's a phenomenal oh. story. 
Right. You, you know, but he's 29. Oh, see, I, I just dumped his – I got a Topps Auto this year from a break. and uh, Yep. They're selling for like 250 and I was like, I'm dumping that. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's what I mean. He started out hot. Like, that's the hottest he's probably ever going to be in his entire career. Yep. That moment ever. in time, like, like ever. So, you know, and, and, and the other guys, just wait for them to be – you know, who or what you hope they are if you invested in them. Don't just, like, freaking panic and just shit it down your leg, I guess. Right, right. No, no, that's, you yeah, know? that's true. I, th- I think nowadays with, with the stats and the analysis on these guys, it's pretty spot on, right, for the most part. Um, yeah, and I mean, Especially with someone lose. like Wander and Kalenic. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Franco, you watch him play. He's legit, dude. Right. You know, he's not overmatched in the box. He has a great understanding of the plate. He has great pitch recognition. Um, Dude, it's baseball. Like, a guy can be in a slump for 30 days and then hit 300 by the end of the season. Yeah, and it's it's only sport where – Yeah, and it's it's only sport where I guess people get so wrapped up in – like the batting averages and the numbers, but I mean, yeah. the 300 hitters, only three out of 10. So like right, dude. The, fail, the fail rate is huge. Yep. <laughs> only sport where you can get paid millions for failing 70% of the time. Like, yep. like you said, dude, only sport. What is, I'm just, uh, look, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was just going to, no, 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 no. I was just going to ask you what you think about Austin Martin and I'll, and I'll explain why. And so, and here's my deal. I've, I guess I've kind of gotten a lull, but I'm so focused on on who I'm focused on that I my take on Austin Martin is just from what I've read about him and everything that I mean he 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 by far was the best from what I looked at in the top ten it was Nick Gonzalez and him and Veen right. of the guys I yeah. liked I you like know Veen those just because he's yep. from Florida. Well, and I mean, that's just the dude you want. You want a young, incredibly athletic, toolsy kind of guy. Um, you know, I try, I stay away from college dudes, man. And like older prospects, uh, age is everything. And I'm not going to lie. I really, I like international prospects. Yep. I, just, I, fe- I feel like the competition they face and the camps that they're in and the academies that they belong to. And the, it's kind of like UFC fighters, dude. Like <laughs> they have yeah, certain that's, that's camps a good analogy. In, in, in academies that they belong to. And they've put out, um, when we talk about the best young players, I mean, they're international players. Right. So that's where I gravitate to. I gravitate to, the international guys. So like for me, it's Julio, Marco Luciano, you know, Nualvi Marte. And I'm not really for right or wrong. I have Bobby Witt luckily and I'm holding and I got, and I love Dominguez for those reasons and the Yankee stuff. And he's just like a once in a lifetime opportunity that I feel like I'd be an idiot if I said I didn't buy any. (laughs) Right. Right. No. And that's, I have uh... a, I have two PSA subs that should be coming back any any time now, and it's 200 cards where 
Seventy percent of it is Bobby Witt and Dominguez uh, cards that I'm waiting to get back. But I, so the reason I was asking about Austin Martin because I yeah. think the Blue Jays organization they so they done with the. Tampa did. They keep drafting nope. shortstops, and I don't get it. Like, because someone was, uh, my buddy Fuddy was all in on Bo Bichette, and I was just like, I'm not just because they keep drafting shortstops. Like, why would they take Austin Martin? And then the international guys, the, the last two years before that, yeah, Bo Bichette's the guy. I don't get it. And that's yeah. the same with Austin Martin. I'm like, why would they take him if Bo's the guy and he's there? Like, it just, I, I doesn't make sense to me. So for me, that's enough to be like, I'm not spending a ton of money on these guys. Wander's a different story, obviously, but yeah. I just don't understand that. So you're staying away from, from Austin Martin then? I, I am. I haven't bought a single yeah. thing. Um, me either. I I can't justify buying Martin when I can buy the guys we talked about. Right. You know what and, I mean? And I think the, the other thing with Martin right now is he's like the only guy to get in Bowman. Totally. But I will say this. I love the Yankees, dude, have got some super sleeper young dudes. Um, Oswald Peraza is a yep. shortstop who – dude's on fire, man. Uh, he might debut this year. Uh, and I, I really like him. I like Kevin Alcantara, who's actually in 2021 Bowman. Yep. Um, he's that big international – He's very much like Dominguez, obviously not as hyped or as big, but you know, he's, he just screams to me like he, and he plays for the Yankees, dude. Like if I see a Yankees dude, that's got a 55 plus future value and I can buy a Bowman for a hundred dollars auto. That to me seems like a a risk I'm willing to take, you know, it's a smart, it's a smart gamble for sure. I'm actually hoping, uh, I got two sapphire boxes coming. I haven't opened it. I didn't open any. Congrats, Bowman. dude! Yeah, Howdy. that's um, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping to get some sapphire first in there of those guys, but we'll see. Well, that checklist is loaded, man. Uh, and you know what I love about 2021 Bowman? From what I've seen, they've made the base autograph um, in a, a blue atomic. Yep. It's not that dog shit thing they made last year that has that gold sapphire. Yep. Stamp on it, whatever the hell that was. So, <laughs> Pops can do some stupid stuff, man. They all can, but damn. I, uh, I think Panini takes the cake, but yep. I, what do you think about the Bowman first editions? You think those are good longevity wise, or you think it's just a gimmick? I like them, dude. I like the I fact that I like them. I like the fact that they're. It's like the comic book thing, like, you know, like in the, so many people and it's becoming the, the market has gotten a lot smarter in the last, uh, you know, six months, but like rarity is the most important factor aside from player. Yeah. Uh, and when, with these first edition, especially last year's first edition, when it's the first, first edition, like, like so the Jason Dominguez first edition first that's going to have the smallest short print or the smallest print run of any of the first editions and it costs so much to get that card yeah. you know like what was a pack a pack costs like what 20 dollars 25 bucks 
The first ones that came out, yeah, it was like yeah. 25 bucks, and I think they were up to like 35, 40 yeah. bucks at the time. Yeah. So one pack, right? And then the box costs like $600. Yep. Yeah, I was lucky I got a whole box. Yeah. For you, did you get one from uh, Tops directly? I, for I the did. price, I bought, yeah. I bought the whatever twenty something packs it was, and, yep. and you got you got the whole box. Actually, the whole box. Uh, I actually traded the whole box <laughs> to, right. to, to Brandon to Brandon for some. I think you know what I traded it. It was actually ended up being a bad investment. Now that I think about it, I traded it to Brandon for Gardner Minshew uh, contenders nine five ten uh, out of forty nine. I think I still have it, but <laughs> whatever. Yep. I'd rather have but the I, first edition, but we all have our bad. Well, and Brandon, I think Brandon ripped it and only got one Domingo, so it wasn't that bad. But whatever. and you know what? I think he sold it to me. I think he said I think he graded it with BGS and it got a nine five. Um, and yep. he sold, he made money off me off of it, but I still like it long term. Um, you, you know what's crazy is I had four BGS ten, so I had what. Uh, yeah, I had three of the paper first editions, and I had a foil BGS ten. You sold them all of them. I, uh, so we'll see if Brandon listens to this. So him and I made a huge trade. Um, yeah, and I traded him that BGS ten foil, and uh, it got lost in the mail. No. So he, yeah. So he, I one day expressed yeah. it to him and I'm and I remember I was like, yo, do you want me to insure this? And he's like, nah, uh one day it'll get here. I'm not worried about it. And it still says it left <laughs> it left Tampa or it got to Tampa the day after Thanksgiving and it's still there somewhere. Still there somewhere, dude. Well and at you the know time shit. when we made the trade, I think it was a thousand dollar card. I don't even know what it's at now. Well they were huge. Obviously yeah. like he had that big, huge. I mean, those foils PSA ten were like a thousand dollars. So your yeah. BGS ten was like. I mean, if you would have sold it, then it would have been a ton. Um, I, there's a lot to wrap your mind at <laughs> your head around right there. Trying I, to, I don't know what it is like because I'm a Yankees fan, and it seems like I just I get these Dominguez cards I go after, and then. Dude, I don't BGS know why I keep moving them. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if you move them then, you're and you're rebuying now, you're in a great shape. You sold at the high, you're buying at the low, you know? Yeah. Like well, I, you know, a- I had the uh go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I thought he was gonna debut in, in single A. I didn't think he right. was gonna debut in extended spring training. You know, so I go out and buy a sapphire for that was the biggest card I had ever bought. Oh, right. Like to this day, I bought it from Phil Hughes, thanks to Mr. Cedar Hollows for the hookup there. Justin, um, I bought it for 800 And, you know, I, I had seen what Bobby's wit prices did when he hit his, you know, his spring training home runs. Right. And I'm going, Dominguez is going to just, if the, you know, you know. Right. So, I mean, and that's like his market in general. It's just tanked because he hasn't. But I, I feel like that's going to change. No, I, I agree. I actually just traded um, this week. I have a Jordan, which the Jordan Love, I, I guess, could have been. It can be a monster, but I traded yep. a, a Jordan Love NFL debut white speckle. 
Nine five. I saw that to Chance, my boy Chance. Yeah, so I traded it to him, and he he uh, he he gave me cash and uh, a sapphire um, Dominguez first. It's a minimum gem nine five, but that's fine. Dude, that's I'd rather have one. Dude, yeah, I that card. I love that blue sapphire, dude. That card is me too. I mean, as you can see, if you look at any Topps Chrome Sapphire cards, they're just like the cream of the crop. Um, and it's just a mat. And, and, the, and the Bowman Sapphire is still incredibly valuable, but that's going to, I think that's going to crush the Atomic eventually. Yeah, that's the thing that's weird is if uh, I feel like the, the current Sapphire in the last two years, the value, even though it's, slightly higher depending on the player i think they're mm-hmm. undervalued because if you look oh. at the tati sapphire compared yep. to the regular yep. those prices are bananas yeah and, and and it's it's gonna take people you know what happens with bowman is it has its history you know what i mean and, and what's happened is is tops is like panini tried to increase print and so they'll right. throw in like a blue wave and an orange wave and a gold wave and a shimmer you know, to, to create more supposed rarity. So a lot of people are going to view that card as just some bullshit for a little while, but it's such a beautiful card, like visually. And and it's it's so low. Y'all dude. Yeah. It's a atomics are where it's at, dude. When you get a blue atomic, I don't care if it doesn't have a number on it. If there's only 200 of them, I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, Atomic and the Sapphires, they're my favorite. Dude, agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah, I th- that's what uh, I went heavy um, with the nineteen or the twenty Sapphire. Um, all those guys you talked about, yeah, a bunch, a bunch of Zach Veen, uh, yep. Ryan Howard. I sent so much stuff to get graded. Um, Big Volpe yes. guy by chance, being a Yankees dude. And I was, and I actually had so first edition to fifty BGS ten, mm. and I sold it for dirt cheap. And I guess he's on fire right now. Dude, he is. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's what I love about ripping Bowman. You know, you 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 hit guys like I sleeved every Volpe that I got, and I sleeved the Pereira and the Cabellos or Caballo. I free, I don't know how to pronounce his name. That's you know, right. but, I butcher names all day. Yeah. But like I'm like, and then Volt, you go look at his dude. He literally, he he's he's hitting for power. He's got uh, an 18 percent walk rate to an 18 percent K rate for a 20 year old kid. Yep. Like, you know, he's got eight homers. He's he's just on fire. So like, and I wasn't a huge Volpe guy, but I sleeved him and saved him. You know. I just yeah, didn't know no, if you if if you being a Yankees guy, if you had like this mountain of Anthony Volpe that you're sitting on or not, he's on fire. So I, I bought the um, first edition um, Bowman first to 50 from Frankenstein's cards for 65 bucks. Sent it to BGS. I got a BGS 10. I, I I think I did it in one of my repacks. I put it in the repack and it was like one of the last cards someone took. Gotcha. So you made whatever was some of the the average profit off the repack and that I, off that. Yeah, I, I think that repack was three hundred. So whenever I do repacks, it's okay. value back in cards, no matter what. Yeah. 
And then I always do a couple of chasers where I've seen people do like one chaser, which is kind of crazy. But uh, no, your repacks are legit, bro. I've seen them. And I'm like, damn, I should join those. It, They're just, just money. I well, I just I stress out about them when I do them because I don't want anyone to feel like, man, I bought nope. into this and it sucks. You know. Well, there's so many people that rip dudes off on those things, man. Where they get like 25 percent of their buyback. Right. You know, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing to these people? It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. I think when I get um, these next two PSA subs back, I'll probably do a baseball one. There um, you go. I'll do, a, I'll do a cheap one, too. Um, and I'll probably do a couple of Dominguez and Wit in there and just see see what people want to do. I'll or, keep them high, yeah, but for the sure. Volpe, but the Volpe was in one, and it was one of your worst, right? Yeah, and it was one of my worst. And it was a to 50 first edition gold and the nice thing about that is because you you added that you know it's not like it's a you know i don't know some junk rookie card you know it's like there's there's potential in that card now whoever got that is like that's a monster dude yep yep they could that that you know because volpe dude his uh his raw first Bowman um, refractor autos are over two hundred now, out of four ninety nine. I'm I'm pretty sure I have a stack of uh, his autos at home somewhere. I have like a couple boxes of just Bowman autos that I never graded or never got just around to. Shit. Yeah, just hold on to it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I know I have. I, I have one of his first for sure because Brandon sent me one just because he was like, oh, you like the Yankees and just sent it to me. So, Yeah, dude. Well, that's nice. To, that's what I love about the, the community is you meet people and dudes and, you know, there's a lot of buttholes out there, but there's also a lot of really good people. Yeah. Um, I've, I've noticed a lot of the bad guys lately just I, – it's, yeah. it's comical to me because you get these guys that think it's like – a business and this and that and like yeah. you should be doing this and you should be doing that and, and and the thing that's the most comical to me is the guys that buy all their followers and then want to preach about what to do and it's like man you know you buy followers it's like the weirdest thing to me like why is that so important yeah nothing about what you do is original or authentic like real <laughs> right, right. Like, and that, that's like a bad business bo- model for me. Like, I want no no part of that. <laughs> None. And I and the thing that that's crazy is you see these breakers and guys selling stuff that yeah. sell way above market value. Yep. Um, and they just rip people off. And then you see the people just coming back again yeah. and again, and it's crazy. Well, and and you know, it's it's funny because it's good in one way because it brings people to it, but it's so toxic in another. Yep. Because there's so many badass people and good stuff going on, uh, but that uh, there's just so much more of the other, unfortunately, yeah. right now. So, for sure. But you're right. I mean, hundred percent. Well, man, we've we've actually been going for quite a while now. Yeah. Uh, is there any? It's crazy because like uh, you and I have never spoken before. No. <laughs> Um, I feel like I'm I'm pretty easy to talk to, but I also talk for a living being a teacher. Yep. So, so and you being a leader in the military, you know, you 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 talk all day, you know, yeah. with people. You're constantly talking, so just natural. Yeah. No, and I and I and I'd be lying if I didn't say I've done 
quite a lot of interviews for different things. So, no, um, but it's been there, a pleasure, is, man. Yeah, it's been awesome. Is there is there anything you want to talk about or hit on that we haven't talked about? No, I'm just. I think sports cards are good, people. Um, it, the market's just becoming smarter, and uh, you know, it's it's becoming more sophisticated and people are still hesitant, but there's still a lot of positivity. Like if you even go look at a dude like Otani, there's tons of positive car, even with Tatis. Um, And, and, and again, I speak mostly about baseball because that's my thing. I just think baseball is in a great place and there's so much potential there. So, and as far as the other sports, uh, I mean, I just saw Lucas sell for an all-time high. What was it? A color blast? Card ladder had a. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, some you know, so like, yeah, the prism's down. I mean, newsflash: it should have never been two thousand. Right. Like, should it be nine hundred? Probably not. Like you know, but a color blast just sold for an all-time high for Lucas. So that's just an example of of, of the market getting smarter. That's all. Yeah, so. for sure. And I'm and I'm always wary of these guys that haven't done anything yet either. Right. But, uh, yeah, for sure, dude. You gotta t- trust your gut and buy, and buy dudes, man. <laughs> don't don't buy uh, pretenders, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, hey, Brian, it, it, this was awesome. Um, I yeah. Would thanks, definitely, definitely, definitely like to have you on again. Um, yeah, dude. Um, so it's uh, Rocky Mountain Baseball Cards on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I followed your account first because I, I think everything always goes back to Brandon somehow, but I think he posted he on did. his story, yeah. some of the, uh, one of your posts and I started reading into it. I'm like, damn, I, I really like your content and what you post. And, um, and I think it's important that there's people out there like you that look at all those things. Cause there's a ton of people like me that don't, but mm-hmm. I, but I, but at least I can recognize it and appreciate it. And, um, yeah, this was awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. I think this was a great episode. Um, and I look forward to having you on again and talking to you about some stuff in the future. And, I'm, and I definitely need to add you to some of these group chats as far as like getting uh, the links for stuff and, and yeah. finding out about stuff. So, yeah, well, please do that. And like, uh, just appreciate the kind words, dude. And same, really enjoyed myself. And you're a good dude. And thank you. I would love to be that. back, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good night. Hey, you too, buddy. Uh, hey, and real quick, I, some one of the pitchers from the Rockies is about to uh, throw a no-hitter. So. Ooh, for the Rockies, huh? <laughs> for the Rockies, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Got to go check yeah. that out, bro. For sure. Have a good night. Hey, you too, Don. Take care, dude. Uh, take care. Yeah. Bye. Later, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Break and Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it, um, send the link out, put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace. Peace.